from ABC7 New York, this is Eyewitness News Extra Time. Good evening, everyone. We are following some breaking news this evening on Eyewitness News Extra Time. As we come to you, we are all sitting on pins and needles waiting for something we haven't seen in 50 years, a landing on the moon. Lee Goldberg, I am going to bring you into this conversation. What we're looking at right now is mission control, correct? Yes, uh, so that's mission control. They, we've been in this holding pattern now where they're trying to determine whether this lander has made we touchdown. We have an onboard fault detection system for our communications that after 15 minutes with lack of communication will power cycle the radios. And then after that, for another 15 minutes, it will then switch antenna pairs. So we have some time here to evaluate. We do have signal that we're tracking, so. Okay. We'll see what happens. So, so they, Sandra, they have a global network a of call out about the autonomous systems. And okay, of, of satellites around the globe, mm -hmm. and you know some are bigger dishes than others, and they're trying to access any type of mode or link to their communications right now with that lander. So, you know, we can't confirm either a landing or that there is any particular problem. But as it got close to its descent, they lost that key communication. But the big success was that they were able to use part of that NASA payload to help navigate it to that crater on the South Pole. Which is brilliant. And just remind everybody, this is Odysseus, right? That's And uh, Odie, is that what we're calling it? Yeah, so this, so this is Odie. So uh, NASA has basically contracted over a, a dozen companies. And of course, the last one failed in, in January. So they try with this one. And this one was carrying a payload from NASA. And they're all just sending these lunar landers up to try to see what it'll be like to, to land on the South Pole. Um, they, they come on and they say, listen, we're not afraid to fail with it. It's not like the classic NASA expedition where there's near 100% success rate. They're okay with it. They're going to send it up. We'll fix it if we don't make it. And there was only really a 50% chance of this working. But, you know, we've gotten to this point. So hopefully it it uh, it works. And what's so interesting about this is where this is landing on the moon. It's an area where we've not landed anything before. And all of this is sort of in preparation for a future uh, manned mission to the moon, correct? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, so they, they mapped it out. It's called the Malapert Crater. And it's it's one of the flatter, softer spots on the South Pole. And they really want to go to this unexplored South Pole because they believe ice water is underneath the surface there. That's a game changer because, number one, you'd have water. You would have potential rocket fuel going forward. so And you'd have a lunar station that could propel you much easier to go from the moon to Mars than it is from the Earth all the way to Mars. All right. I, I, look, you are so into this, Lee, and you actually understand a lot of the terminology. I am fascinated about it. I grew up yeah. in the shadow of NASA in Houston there. My mother actually worked on the on NASA. That's she incredible. worked on site there for years. So we're all keeping our fingers crossed that we see a success here. And we will keep pe folks posted on what's going on right now as they try to make contact again with Odysseus. Well, thanks for letting me join in. It's so much fun. All right. Hey, you're the brains behind this operation. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. All right. There is some other news to talk to you about this evening, the political tug of war over the Soho Hotel murder suspect. Late this afternoon, the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg defended his office after a prosecutor in Arizona refused to extradite suspect Rod Almansuri. Eyewitness News reporter Dan Krauth with details on the next steps in this case. Charlene Banks has a million dollar view from her Bronx apartment. I couldn't even use it. 
I was scared. But she doesn't like the view down below. All around. The concrete on her balcony cracking. I can't sit out here. I'm scared. Yeah, you don't feel safe out here? No, I'm, I don't feel safe at all. She's lived here for 17 years and never seen it like this before. So you keep complaining, they keep coming out, and nothing keeps happening. Exactly. Exactly. So we're just in a vicious cycle. It's like a, a circle. It's like a, a, a continuous circle. And she's not alone. Every night you go going to sleep hoping that your, when your building don't collapse. It's not just their apartments they're worried about. Look. Walking around the large building on East 169th. No locks. No locks. Problem. This is not working. This was not working. After problem pointed out. Come here, Dan. See? You can look you from can here. You can see right through right it. Right through it. And we're, we're really concerned about these cracks of the facade because this is where it begins. We found the owner hasn't had a facade inspection since 2013, even though it's required every five years. Plus, the building has more than 40 outstanding violations. Department of Building Records show it owes the city more than $500,000 in fines. How is that possible? How are they allowed to get away with that? So we are bringing you back live. I think they are celebrating here. Uh, they're celebrating, Lee, because we have landed on the moon, right? Yeah, I heard the mission director come on and said, while we are refining communications, we have confirmed that our equipment is on the surface of the moon and we are communicating. How about that call, Gary? That was something else, a faint signal. Now it's time to work on refining that signal. Yeah. But Dr. Tim Crane, our mission director today, making the call. Odysseus has a new home. It shows the discipline. Yeah, I know. It's, we should applaud. And, and just to reiterate, Lee, the significance of this mission, it's really putting us in a position to, to send men back to the moon again, correct? This is all about laying the foundation for the Artemis program and getting us back to the moon in 2026. Yeah, I, I, I could look and listen to this all day, but I think the producer is probably going to strangle us. What we're hoping at some point is that we might be able, um, do we, should we expect, Lee, to see actual video from uh, Odie? Yeah, in theory, the Eagle Cam, which was connected to the lander, was supposed to be ejected off prior to landing so it could take a view of it landing. So I don't know if that was a success or not, but hopefully later tonight or maybe tomorrow it'll take till, till we get to see the pictures of it actually landing. And I would argue the most important thing is, is that Odysseus is on the surface of the moon for the first time we've been successfully able to do this. In the last 50 years, How about that? much more to come. Thank you very much, Lee. You got it. Some other news that we are following this evening. In a first-of-its-kind move, Nassau County uh, bans transgender athletes from competing in women's sports at county-run facilities. County Executive Bruce Blakeman signed that executive order today, which goes into effect immediately. It applies to female competitive sports, not co-ed sports or sports where biological females want to compete against males. The New York uh, LGBT network calls this executive order illegal and nothing more than a solution in search of a problem that does not exist. Shante Lance has reaction from around the state. Surrounded by young girls and cheers, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman just signed an executive order after announcing a ban on transgender athletes competing on girls and women's teams at all nearly 100 Nassau County run sports facilities. If a league or team in identifies themselves or advertises themselves to be a girls or women's league or team, then biological males should not be competing 
in those leagues. Word spreading fast to the transgender youth in neighboring Suffolk County. I guess that's really where it's hurtful. It's just that people don't care enough to do five minutes of research to understand something about you know our community. This 18-year-old who is transgender goes by the name D. D, who is transitioning from a male to a female, is a former high school student athlete from Stony Brook who played on a boys' fencing team. D says the medication used to lower testosterone and raise estrogen in the body levels the playing field. Very uneducated, because if you go on Google and you look up the side effects of hormone replacement therapy in for male to female, one of the first things is muscle atrophy. Trans women are often in the same testosterone range as cis women and are usually just about as strong. I asked Blakeman about the science behind transitioning. Now, if they identify as female, what's your reaction to that? Well, they can identify what they want. This executive order is based on science, on the biology. Various groups representing the LGBTQ plus community say they're outraged. I am floored and horrified by this executive order. This makes it very clear. Nassau County is a walking example of why we need a constitutional amendment in New York State to protect all sorts of people's rights in this county. Shantae Lands, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Jury deliberations began today at the Jam Master J murder trial in downtown Brooklyn. Carl Johnson Jr. and Ronald Washington are accused of killing the rap legend as part of a drug conspiracy. The defense is arguing there's no physical evidence to put either man at the scene. If there's no verdict by the end of today, the judge plans to let the jury decide whether to continue deliberations tomorrow or wait until Monday. As we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, Wendy Williams' shocking medical diagnosis just, diagnosis just days before the release of a controversial documentary about the former talk show host. Plus, we're going to take you inside the home of a historical and cultural icon. Her story when we return. An engineer has been fined and suspended for two years following an investigation into a partial building collapse in the Bronx. Authorities say Richard Konitzberg failed to inspect and identify structural issues with the facade. In December, a corner of that building on Billingsley Terrace in Morris Heights came crashing down. No one was killed, but a full vacate order was issued for the building. Konitzberg agreed to a two-year suspension and a $10,000 fine. Fans reacting tonight to former daytime talk show host Wendy Williams' devastating diagnosis. We learned today that Miss Williams is suffering from dementia and aphasia, disorders that can make it difficult to communicate, to say the least. Eyewitness News reporter Darla Miles with reaction to this medical revelation. As a family, we know that there's, there's more there. Alex Finney, the niece and goddaughter of beloved TV talk show host Wendy Williams, on The View Thursday morning in advance of the upcoming Lifetime documentary, Where's Wendy Williams? I think people are going to walk away saying this is more than what we realized yes. in terms of what we've read, whether it's, it's things that might have seen on her show throughout the years that seemed a little off. Family members confirm the 59-year-old New Jersey native has been diagnosed with aphasia and dementia, her cognitive decline unraveling before cameras when taping began in 2022. This documentary mm -hmm. is hard to watch. I know. Very hard to watch. Yeah. I said I wasn't going to cry because I feel like I've cried enough over the last year and a half. But what people are going to see is a broken woman 
who has had the world on her shoulders for so long. Hollywood action star Bruce Willis was diagnosed with aphasia two years ago, which has brought widespread awareness of the disorder. It's actually the most common type of dementia for adults under the age of 60, and it can present in two main common ways, one that affects behavior and one that affects speech. As for the two-part documentary about Williams, family members raised questions about the court-appointed guardian under a New York conservatorship, initiated after Wells Fargo reported Williams was a victim of financial exploitation. No one in the family knows exactly where she's being treated or have a way to contact her. Um, but that has been a big problem for yeah. the family in terms of just, can we get an update on how she's doing? We went through birthdays. We went through the holidays. We went through illness. There was no way to contact her and let her know what was going on with her 93-year-old father. Darla Miles, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. As we continue with Eyewitness News Extra Time, even with NASA celebrating one historic feat, it's already looking ahead to the next one, landing people on Mars. How you could help get one step closer to that goal. Just moments ago, you heard it. Odysseus managed to land on the moon for the first time in 50 years. And while today's historic moon landing is a beacon of hope for space exploration, scientists at NASA have their eyes set on a bigger, better and more colorful prize. Mars, the red planet. It's long been a mystery, but after several studies by Mars rovers and advances in technology, the distance between the Earth and the Mars has never been so close. So now NASA is preparing for life on Mars, and they're looking for volunteers to help. Here's Eyewitness News anchor David Navarro. It is an out-of-this-world job offer. What we're really trying to do is understand the trades that we'll need to make and to best support the human health and performance of the future people who go to Mars. NASA is putting out the for hire sign to any qualified candidates interested in helping put human beings on the red planet. The program is called the Crew Health and Performance Exploration Analog, or CHAPIA. But the chosen four won't actually be going to the red planet. Instead, they'll be spending a little over a year in Houston, Texas, teaching us what we need to know about such a mission. And what we do in our research analogs is we design them to mimic particular conditions of interest to us. For Mars, we're expecting certain conditions in a Mars habitat, and we mimic those in our Chapia. The four will be kept together in close quarters, growing crops, simulating spacewalks, and struggling with limited resources and limited interaction with the outside world and they're doing it all for science. We have a 1,700 square foot habitat, and um, right outside of it, still in an isolated and confined environment, we have a simulated Mars surface for extravehicular activities, for spacewalks on the Martian surface, as well as the ability to do like maintenance on the habitat. NASA's call for volunteers is not open to everybody. Applicants must be U.S. citizens between the ages of 30 and 55, non-smokers, and have a master's degree in a science, engineering, or math field, or have 1,000 hours piloting an aircraft. What we're really looking in this habitat is how can we best support the human health and performance aspects of the crew that will actually go to Mars. Um, so it's not just the technology piece, but it really is pushing humans uh, to do extraordinary things beyond what we've done before. For NASA, this experiment is only one small step before the giant leap that is life on Mars. 
but that could become a reality sooner than you think. We're learning every day, um, so it's hard to say an exact time, but I would like to think 10 to 15 years we'll be able to put humans on Mars, if not sooner. And that was David Navarro reporting. We, in fact, asked the team at NASA about how much participants would get paid. They told us they don't disclose that information until the interview process has begun. The deadline for applicants is Tuesday, April 2nd, so you better get on it. We'll be right back. Time now for the exclusive AccuWeather forecast with meteorologist Lee Goldberg. We're at 41 degrees. A southeasterly wind at about 8 miles an hour managed to hit 45 today, so a little bit above average. Uh, nothing in the rain gauge just yet. It's been light, below a quarter to maybe a half inch in a couple of spots. Our temperatures are marginal here once you get into northern Orange County, northern Sussex, Sullivan County, Pike County, northern Ulster. You have to watch out for some slippery spots and some sleet, freezing rain, maybe a little coating or two of snow, or two inches of snow in the, in the Poconos and Catskills. We're at 41 in the park and 38 in Islip. So rain tonight into tomorrow, let's say through early afternoon, uh, make it late afternoon Suffolk County, and this is some snow and ice in the mountains. The weekend after that will be dry, but it does begin blustery, a little less harsh by the second half of the weekend. The extended forecast, your spring preview is still on schedule. It's not perfect. It's a little flawed. We'll have some clouds and the occasional shower, but it'll still feel nice. So right now, there's a break in New York City, but within a couple of hours or so, we'll have more rain coming in, maybe even after 7 o'clock. There's some rain that's just to the on the north shore of Suffolk County over to Bridgeport, uh, looping back into parts of Putnam County, lighter rain over northern Westchester, and then you have your light wet snows and a little sleet over Sullivan and Ulster County, even into northern Orange County near Port Jervis. So see how we're sort of in between for now, but as this low gets closer, this will start to fill in. The other thing is you have these downpours that were once thunderstorms headed into Philly, so some of these have enough momentum to make it into Monmouth and Ocean after 7 o'clock into the 8 o'clock hour. So here's the future cast, the radar lighting up a little bit more after nine o'clock off and on rain through the overnight into the pre-dawn hours wet snow far north and west it looks like lighter rain and drizzle and just damp for the morning commute one more last gasp of showers around midday and just when you think it's over on the island it comes back for the afternoon as the front is slow to get offshore and an area of low pressure forms along it same time we're getting breaks north and west will all dry out during the evening hours on friday you won't need your umbrella and then it's just blustery on saturday kind of flatlining in the 30s to around 40 degrees feeling like freezing that day. Again, a quarter to a half inch of rainfall, and I can see how we get a coating to a couple of inches in the highest elevations of the Poconos and Catskills along with those slick spots. 39 tonight, occasional rain and drizzle. It's kind of damp and chilly. Wintry mix in the highest elevations for tomorrow, 47. Rain through midday from the city north and west, but the rain lingers south and east. Then for tomorrow night, 38, some partial clearing. Your seven day, it's a blustery Saturday, less harsh Sunday, and there's your warmth next week before it ends Wednesday into Thursday. As we continue to honor Black History Month, we're shining a spotlight on Madam C.J. Walker. She is considered one of the first self-made black female entrepreneurs. Both she and her daughter were also big supporters of the arts and were key supporters of the Harlem Renaissance. Eyewitness News reporter Michelle Charlesworth gives us a look inside Walker's historic mansion in Irvington, New York. That's Madam C.J. Walker at the wheel. She drove her own expensive cars, plural, started her own hair care company, employed thousands of women, built her own mansion with every amenity. This is her mansion in Irvington, New York. 
Normally people don't get a chance to go inside, but we're taking you in. Fantastic. Can you imagine in 1918, the reaction in the neighborhood when people found out that this was being built by a self-made millionaire who was a black woman? How'd that go over? It was a story in the New York Times. Madam C.J. Walker began life in this shack. Listen to her great-great-granddaughter, Alelia Bundles, describe her. She was orphaned at seven, married at 14, widowed at 20 with a daughter. And so Walker, born Sarah Breedlove, whose siblings and parents had been enslaved, put down roots in Indiana and then New York, making a fortune marketing her own hair ointment. Well, you can see the original tin, a, a poster of the original tin behind me. Madam Walker's wonderful hair grower. It was 50 cents. People didn't bathe as often and they washed their hair even less. She was losing her hair. But Walker's homemade salve made with sulfur and petroleum jelly healed her scalp and her hair grew back. This is original? This is original. This is a, a full body shower. A woman who lived more than half of her life without plumbing designed her home with multiple luxurious bathrooms. This is from this the 1980s. Walker's mansion had many bedrooms, bathrooms, and a custom organ which piped music around the house. She had a custom sink in the pantry, refrigeration, even floor hookups for a central vacuum built into the house. This is the theater, the way you make an entrance. Walker would have been even richer if she didn't pay her employees so well. And Madam C.J. Walker's story continues. Her great-great-granddaughter, Alelia Bundles, has written a book about her. Out of the cruel crucible of racism and sexism, Walker built an empire. The original influencer who took her problem, solved it, sold it, and became an American hero who lived fearlessly, taking the wheel in her own miraculous life. In Irvington, New York, Michelle Charlesworth, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. She was some kind of woman. Giant pandas will return to the United States by the end of the summer. China now plans to send a new pair of giant pandas to the San Diego Zoo after all of the iconic bears on loan to American zoos were sent back. A Chinese embassy spokesperson tells ABC there's also ongoing talks to send giant pandas to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. Everybody smiled about this story. That wraps up this edition of Eyewitness News Extra Time. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sandra Bookman. A reminder, Extra Time is now a podcast, and you can listen to the show as well as past shows on the go. Just search Extra Time at ABC7NY wherever you stream.